on, guys. Welcome into ACC Tailgate. I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. It is a Friday. It's crisp outside. Here I go with that term again, calling the weather crisp. But I got nothing else to call it because it's crisp. It's uh, what? What is today? It's November. November the th- God. November the 13th. Mid-November, basically, and I don't know where you guys are uh, out in the audience, but here in High Point, North Carolina, it's a good, I mean, it's a good 53 degrees right now at the moment. For And, you know, that's one thing, by the way, um, before we get going here, uh, as we let the audience kind of come in here, by the way, I, I know I keep saying by the way, I, I I tend to go a lot of different places, um, but I thought about this. I had such a fun time on Monday's show. Uh, You know, had some good comment interaction uh, between me and one of the audience members uh, that was leaving me a lot of comments, and that was just so much fun. Uh, That's that's a part of this show that I really want to build up is like the comments that are coming in live that I can, you know, because as you saw or heard, if you're listening by way of podcast. Um, you know, the way it's set up here on my laptop, uh, uh, how we stream this is I've got a comment section and I can get comments and basically, you know, I can see the kind of the stream of comments and then I could post whichever ones I want here on the screen live. So that's why I really want to get as many comments as I can, because that allows me to give you guys something of value to put you guys on and to show your comments and to engage with you guys live here on the air. Uh, and that was just Monday was a really, really fun show because that's the most comment interaction that I've had up to this point on the show. I believe if I'm not mistaken, this might be our 10th episode of the show, which is crazy because it feels like, well, 10 isn't that many. So let's not get carried away, but to my point, like it feels like the show just started the other day and we're already 10 episodes in uh, and it has been an absolute blast. I've gotten to know some of you guys, uh, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram, other social media or just right here again, like on Monday in the comments section, just getting to know you guys. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun and it, it makes the show that much easier because, you know, I have material that I prep ahead of time, but I'm the type of character where, you know, I'm I'm kind of... um. I'm kind of scripted, unscripted. I've kind of got that balance, you know, where I've got prepped material. I've got, you know, bullet points. You know, I've got stuff on my phone I look at. But I also kind of go off the rails a little bit and just kind of play around and, you know, just let it let it fly, basically. Um, and that's just kind of my style, which is why it's so much fun to get the comment section going, because then it just gives me that much more things to address, that much more things to interact with. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. And Monday was the type of show where it felt like there wasn't enough time, you know, in the hour I had the window I had to really get to everything I wanted, which I didn't, by the way, um, few things I promised for today that we're going to get into. Obviously I didn't. I didn't really get to dive into my takeaways from the Clemson Notre Dame game. And then I obviously didn't get to dive into the, uh, the ACC basketball that I wanted to do because the first, uh, AP top 25 poll for basketball was released on Monday. I think it was, well, it's a preseason poll, 
but it's the first official poll of the year for college basketball. And there's four ACC teams that are in that that are sprinkled in there. And we're going to kind of get into that and um, some interesting little tidbits about each one of those teams. Uh, some other things going on, uh, you know, Jerry Jones saying typical Jerry Jones things um, in relation to potentially uh, if the Cowboys were to be in a position to get Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, I already like talking talking crap about the Cowboys as it is. And when it refers to ACC territory, it gives me that much more reason to go there. So we're going to go there for a little while. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Trevor Lawrence and the potential that well, all right, what if the Jets were to potentially stick with Sam Darnold? Is that a possibility? You know, could Trevor Lawrence, you know, we all, you know, we all seem to just think that, oh, it's a foregone conclusion. Oh, he's going to the Jets. Maybe not. You know, what would that look like? And so uh, there's a lot to get into today, but definitely wanted to tell you guys how much I enjoyed Monday's show. Uh, sipping on a little coffee. Yeah, I, I mentioned a few shows ago how you know we had a nice little uh, coffee conversation, Starbucks versus Dunkin' Donuts. Right now, uh, I've got some Harris Teeter coffee, Harris Teeter brand. It was cheap. I actually didn't buy it. My mom bought it for me. And, you know, she knows how much I like my coffee, and she, I guess, was on sale. I don't know. But it's pumpkin spice. Go figure. Uh, pumpkin spice, Harris Teeter brand coffee. What I do sometimes, and I know we're getting off topic here, but I think you guys will appreciate this because who doesn't like coffee? Um, I guess somebody doesn't, but whatever. Um, what I what I actually have here is what I like to do a lot. So I have that Harris Teeter brand pumpkin spice coffee, and then I bought last night some Starbucks creamer, cinnamon cinnamon latte because I thought the cin- – I was almost going to go with white chocolate um, – I was almost going to go with white chocolate macchiato or whatever the hell. Mocha, white chocolate mocha is what it was. I almost did that, but I thought the pumpkin or I thought the cinnamon would go better with the pumpkin, a little better blend. And then what I do is I like to make it iced and then put a little whipped cream on the top. Of course, it's my whipped cream's melted now. So, but that's what I'm sipping up on to get myself nice and fired up for the show. Not that I need to be any more fired up than I already am, but. If we can get more fired up, we're going to do it. So, on that note, I'm going to take a nice big gulp for dramatic effect, and we're going to get this show on the road. (sighs) Made sure to do that nice and loud so the podcast listeners could get the effect of that. And um, here we go on a Friday. So, real quick. Uh, let's take a quick look before we kind of dive into some things I wanted to bring up from the Clemson Notre Dame game. Let's kind of take a quick look, um, at the schedule for football tomorrow. Uh, Clemson, it appears has the week off, uh, which, you know, obviously a lot, you know, it was kind of up in the air whether or not Trevor Lawrence would be back for the Notre Dame game, which was last week. And then, you know, obviously he was out. So even now even more so – and he was on the sidelines, by the way, too. So, I mean, given the week off, like he should be fresh and good to go uh, from here on out, assuming, you know, 
knock on wood, no injuries happen, nothing else happens his way. Uh, he should be good to go from here on out. Uh, but as far as what you got on tap for the weekend, you've got Wake Forest at UNC. Wake Forest is a four and two overall, three and two in the ACC. Coming along, you know, started off the season a little slow, but ever since that upset that they, they uh, dealt to Virginia Tech at home, they've kind of gotten the ball rolling. Not the strongest of schedules, but they have put together a strong little season down there in Winston Salem. So they take on Carolina at in Chapel Hill. Uh, Tomorrow at noon, that'll be on ACC Network. Then you've got number nine, Miami, at Virginia Tech. We talked about it in depth on Monday that Virginia Tech's in some trouble. Like, uh, they they are going in the wrong direction. I'm worried that Fuente might be losing that locker room. He's already lost a good amount of the fan base. Uh, somebody, and I talked about my little story about how one of my roommates gave my door a nice little crack because of Virginia Tech dropping the ball against Ole Miss last year. I know I feel Virginia Tech fans I don't feel it but I see Virginia Tech fans pain close up and personal because my uncle's also a diehard Virginia Tech fan so it's just going from bad to worse you know there there appeared to be signs of okay this could be something obviously Virginia Tech was ranked there for a while and then after the upset to Wake Forest, that went, and then it just hasn't gotten any better really since. And they continue, and then Khalil, the running back, I actually don't know what his status is. Uh, you know, that was another issue last weekend for Virginia Tech was that uh, Hooker was basically having to do double time. You know, he played well. You know, you know, passed for two hundred some yards. You know, passed pretty well, ran pretty well, had a hundred. 50 some rushing yards I think I think he had a rushing touchdown I don't remember off the top of my head but he was basically trying to do overtime because he had no Khalil and there goes my ring light burned out I don't know it gets it burns out sometimes or just get I think the outlet gets hot but anyway there's that um but no uh Virginia Tech they've got they, they need this one um I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like. I'm actually going to take a look while we're talking about it. Um, yeah, so they got number nine Miami tomorrow. They're at it. Then, yeah. Then they've got Clemson at home, and then they're uh, playing UVA at home. So, not they've got four more games, and two of those games are against ranked opponents. And so. <sighs> Uh, this is going to be a, a big game. The, the, I mean, I get you can tell, like you can tell with my energy. It's just like the path is there for Virginia Tech to either redeem themselves in a big way or completely fall off the rails. Because if they are able to beat a ranked opponent in Miami, ranked in the top ten, number nine, um then, all right, that steps in the right direction, and they've answered the bell to a degree after all this adversity. At the same time, if they lose to Miami, which, in all honesty, I got a funny feeling that's going to happen. It's uh, it's at home for Virginia Tech, so that gives them an advantage. But I got a funny feeling, I don't know, something 
If Khalil doesn't play, and again, maybe you know his status. I don't know it. I haven't actually looked at it today. I, I remember um, uh, Fuente came in. Uh, I know Fuente came in and uh, didn't really have a status update for him on Monday. And I remember I talked about that on the show. Um, but if they've got Khalil back, then maybe they've got a better shot. If they don't have Khalil, they ain't beating Miami. I just don't see it happening. In which case, the reason I mentioned that the path is there for them to either answer the bell in a big way or to completely fall off the rails, this is the part where they would fall off the rails because they lose to a Mi- uh, they lose to a Miami after everything that's already happened up to this point. So they're already headed in the wrong direction. Then you go to Pitt, and this is where it could get ugly because Pitt is most likely going to have, and I believe he started last week, so they are going to have Pickett back I'm, because Pickett was, I'm pretty sure Pickett was back uh, this past weekend, um, in, which, in which case Pitt seems to become a completely different team whenever Pickett is in the starting lineup. Uh, you know, because that was the whole discussion about, well, that would have given Notre Dame when Pitt played Notre Dame, that would have given them some chance of an upset. That didn't happen, and then we saw what happened. Complete meltdown by Pitt. However, with Pickett in there, assuming nothing else happens and he stays in there, um, Virginia Tech may not win another game until UVA – and, and that's another thing. See, they've got two ranked opponents, and this is why I'm harping on this. I didn't mean to go here, but I'm telling you, like, Virginia, the path is there for Virginia Tech to really fall off the rails if they don't figure something out because they've got a ranked opponent in Miami tomorrow. They've got a pit team that's basically been imploding all year uh, and struggling all year. They've got their own issues. They're, they've got their own kind of messes to figure out in Pittsburgh. If you lose to an opponent like that, that ain't good. Then you've got Clemson. Nothing else needs to be said on that. And then you've got a UVA team that's also been kind of down in the dumps all year, heading in the wrong direction. That's That could potentially be set up if Virginia Tech doesn't... I'm sorry, I'm trying to make sure I didn't turn my mic off just then. Um... I'm actually going to make sure it's still on. It's on. I thought I might have t- I thought I might have turned my mic off just then, but I needed to make sure cuz I didn't want to go, you know, the next 45 minutes and here I am chirping away and you're hearing crickets. Um but yeah, so the road is there for Virginia Tech to either answer the call in a big way or if they or completely just fall off the rails. I don't mean to get so repetitive about that, but I'm telling you, like, it's just, it's that clear, you know, with two ranked opponents and two opponents that have really been just kind of shells of themselves and just a complete mess all year. I mean, you can't lose to teams like that. Um, and Fuente, you as a coach, you can't allow that to happen or else he might want out the door because it's already headed in that direction as it is. So, um, Let's see. We're going to go back to the rest of the schedule, and then we're going to get into something else. So, yeah, Miami, Virginia Tech. Um, What else we got here? Notre Dame at Boston College. That one, um, 
other than the Carolina game, naturally for me, uh, I am the most intrigued, I believe, by Notre Dame Boston College because there are those out there uh, that have potentially given Boston College a shot to upset Notre Dame. Because, and actually, this is tough. This is tough for me because obviously I'm 100% in on Notre Dame now after what I saw against Clemson. I'm in. You know, I spent all the show up to that point saying I think Notre Dame's overrated, and now I'm completely in because, you know, again, like you get new data and you get new data. So, you know, I've completely changed my mind about Notre Dame based on what I saw against Clemson. However, I have been on the Boston College train all year long. I mean, they continue to be the be- the surprise of the ACC. Maybe it shouldn't be a surprise at this point, but they just they've looked really just based on what they were last year and, you know, a new coach and what they started with, like they really really look good. And I mean I don't you know, I, I it's tough. I don't know. I'm undecided about this one. Maybe I'll have an answer for you by the end of the show, but I think Boston – I mean, because we saw it against Clemson. I, I actually think you're going to see probably a similar game. Uh, mm, that's tough. I uh, There's a part of me that wants to say Boston College might pull up an upset against Notre Dame because it's at Boston College, and it's just uh, – I'm, I'm going to think on that one some more throughout the show, and I'm going to make a prediction and put a stake in the ground on that one by the end of the show because I really want to potentially be right about saying Boston College is going to upset Notre Dame because uh, I've been riding that bandwagon all year about Boston College and just how they've continued to build on each week. Uh, so we'll get back to that one. But after that one, you've got Louisville at UVA. I expect Louisville to win that one. And then you've got FSU at NC State. I expect NC State to win that one. And then you were going to have Pitt and Georgia Tech, but I'm pretty sure due to COVID-related things, that is postponed. Uh, And so that is your schedule for the week, for tomorrow, I should say. Uh, So let me get into just a few brief takeaways I had uh, from Clemson-Notre Dame. Obviously, Notre Dame... One and double overtime in an incredible game, uh, 47-40. It was kind of a shootout. And, you know, I made a few predictions for that one. You know, I thought I thought there was a shot that it was going to, you know, and, and I actually, you know, I, I was somewhat right on the situation because late in the game when Clemson had the ball, I believe there was like four minutes, four and a half minutes left, and one of the predictions I made for that game was that it was going to be high 20s, close, you know, 26 to 28. I believe it was in that range, so I got that part right. That was about the only thing I got right. Uh, and then I thought that what would make, what I thought would make all the difference in the game, I predicted Clemson to win it. I thought that Notre Dame's pass rush, Pass rush was going to bring a lot of pressure to DJ uh, Ugalele. I'm still butchering his name. I'm still working on it, but I don't have time to look it up right now. Uh, too many other things to get to, guys. Um, 
I had a feeling that due to that pass rush of Notre Dame that is really good, I thought there would be a certain play late in the game, 26 to 28 or high 20s to high 20s, close like it was in regulation. I thought that there would be some type of screen pass, little tuck and duck to Travis Etienne. Etienne would break it home take it to the house, and that would completely separate Clemson, and they would win the game because of that. They were in a position to do that, by the way, and I, I was watching close it. I'm like, oh, come on, do it, please. Like, because I fuck, I, I, I rubbed the crystal ball on that one. Like, I, I would, that would have been cool if I would have called that one. Like, I don't know, just something in my gut told me that was going to happen. That didn't happen. That situation was a possibility, and as it so happens, the particular drive that I thought that might happen they scored Clemson did score uh but it was just like a five-yard rush into the end zone by ETN so I guess bits and pieces of it was right but I I didn't really completely build the puzzle on that but uh obviously Notre Dame did not go down without a fight it went double overtime and Notre Dame won it by a touchdown 47 to 40 the takeaways that I had other than the fact that Notre Dame rushing the field upset everybody because I don't know, like, I don't know what I would have done. Like if I'm being completely honest, like it might be irresponsible, but when you're in and I'm not condoning it, by the way, I'm just saying in the moment with the adrenaline and that's part of it, like what I would have done. It's like, you got to figure this game was so big. For both sides, both sides had and has playoff implications, if that's a word, I think. On on both sides, there were playoff aspirations at stake. And that's one of my takeaways is that Clemson may not make the college football playoff now because they if if they lose again, if Clemson doesn't if Clemson doesn't lose another game, they're in. They'll probably get the three or four spot. They ain't getting one or two. Um But, I mean, it was just a big game. And, you know, Clemson has a weak schedule, and that was the first really challenging game all year. And more than challenging, it was a really good, tough opponent. Top five ranked, obviously. And then for Notre Dame, same situation. Terrible schedule, arguably worse than Clemson's. And this was their first legit opponent of the year. And really only legit opponent of the year. I'm pretty sure Notre Dame plays Carolina next week, I think. But Clemson, I don't think they have anybody else, really. I mean, it's kind of smooth sailing uh, here on out for them, which is why, because of that, if they lose another game, they're out. If they lose another game, they are out. Like, you, there's no shot. I mean, there's too many other good teams. Um, same for Notre Dame, by the way. Uh but we'll see how that plays out. But but back to the point I was trying to make there. I mean, so the energy of that win, it was at Notre Dame, obviously, because they rushed the field. Um, I just, I don't know. Like, in that situation, all right, let's say that Carolina didn't choke to FSU. Let's say that Carolina didn't choke against UVA, and they were still ranked in the top five, and we were playing Clemson at our house. And I was there, and that went down, you know, double overtime, a shootout, and let's say 
it turned out the way it turned out for uh, for Notre Dame, for Carolina, I can't promise you that I would not have been rushing the field if I would have been in a position to do so. You know, if I wasn't up in the nosebleeds, obviously I couldn't, um, you know, I'd watch them brush the field. I'd stick around for that. But, you know, obviously I could. But, but if I was sideline uh, or if I was right there in the position to rush the field, I got to be honest, I probably would have rushed the field. Like the adrenaline, the energy, and just the passion for Carolina, like I would have rushed the damn field. I'm sorry to say it, but I would have took the chance. So, you know. But, again, you know, just, you know, people getting upset. And people were upset that they rushed the field. And then people were upset because people were upset that they rushed the field. And it was just a whole thing. And, you know, maybe it was irresponsible. Not, I'm, I'm not denying that, by the way. Like, I, I just want to make sure you know. Like, I'm not saying like, ah, oh, screw that. Like, you break. No, like it. Based on obviously the way things are right now, they probably shouldn't have done that. But that's one of those situations. Like, you got to plan way ahead and make sure security and police are in a position. You got to make sure that can't happen if that is that serious to you because. We've all seen college football before. We all know what happens in games like that when there's an upset or when something big happens. We all know the the deal here. Like the field gets rushed in that situation every time. So if you you should have thought of that ahead of time, Notre Dame executives or whoever, AD, I don't know, but you should have thought of that ahead of time. Um, you know, maybe plan a little better for that. But anyway, let's get off of that and actually talk about the game itself and you know the things that I found interesting and the takeaways that I had uh you know I think on the Clemson side of things DJ Ugalele and I know I'm butchering his name he proved and basically reaffirmed that he is that guy and that he is he actually kind of he's a little bit like Cam Newton almost with a better passing game when you think about it um at least that's what he reminded me of, along with Tua and that whole, you know, how Tua stepped in for Jalen Hurts and just seized the moment. And now, you know, DJ is doing that for Trevor Lawrence, even though obviously Trevor Lawrence is about to get his job back. It's a different situation, but just that similarity of seizing the moment and just stepping in like that, it reminds me a lot of Tua. So um, I think, you know, DJ Ugalele further validated that He's that guy. He's going to be that guy for Clemson, and because of that, Clemson ain't going anywhere. So that part, simple, reaffirmed, which was you know what I said. You know that if he shows out, he's probably that. That was another one of my predictions for the game. Was just quite simply, he's going to show again because the first time it was against Boston College, good solid team. Obviously, we know that at this point, but you know. You want to see, can he do that on a big national primetime NBC stage against a top five team with playoff implications on each side, high stakes, high platform, and he did. 400-some yards, I mean, just ridiculous numbers in that game for DJ. So that part was put to bed. He's the guy. He is the guy. Um, On the Notre Dame side of things, uh, Ian Book, incredible yet again, um, which we already kind of knew that, but it just 
he actually, much like DJ Ugalele, but you know, we've seen more from Ian Book at this point. Like he just further validated how good he actually is. Um they but Notre Dame as a whole proved that you know that they they finally put to bed the conversation that we've had for pretty much the majority of this show since we've been doing it, these 10 episodes. Um, you know, who is the number two to Clemson's number one in the ACC? You know, who, you know, of the tier two teams or what started out as the tier two teams, they've kind of repositioned themselves at this point. But among those teams, AKA uh, Notre Dame, Miami, UNC, Virginia Tech, who is going to be that legit number two to Clemson's number one? Notre Dame proved that they are the answer. You know, Miami had a crack at it. They folded and got obliterated. Virginia Tech is not even in that discussion anymore. They're not in Tier 2 anymore in the ACC. They're, they've got their own issues to worry about, so they ain't the answer. UNC is not the answer because they've had two different choke jobs against two bottom half, fourth even, teams in the ACC, so they can't be the answer. So, considering Notre Dame won the game, and now you got to keep in mind, and this is where I wanted to go with this. You got to keep in mind, Clemson did not have Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to go there because it's just, it's reality. As good as DJ Ugalele played, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. They actually didn't have, they didn't have quite a few players due to injury. Clemson didn't. And you could argue that if Clemson had their full roster intact, they would have won by two touchdowns in regulation. Maybe. Or one, one or two touchdowns, they would have taken care of business probably in regulation. Um, that's an if, but that's what my intuition tells me. So even though Notre Dame did win, I'm not, and, and obviously they're number two and Clemson's number four in the rankings right now, I'm not ready just b- because of situation at the time, Trevor Lawrence and others out for Clemson. I'm not ready to crown Notre Dame ahead of Clemson yet. I'm ready to crown Notre Dame the legit number two in the ACC, really one and a half even, to Clemson's number one. Um, you know, if Trevor Lawrence and others, and screw it, even if, if just Trevor Lawrence would have been in for Clemson and they lost, then I would, right now, today, I would say Notre Dame is ahead of Clemson just a little bit. But because of the situation, the circumstances, Clemson missing – Certain players, one big player in particular in the future number one overall pick here in a few months, Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, you you just I don't think you can crown Notre Dame number one over Clemson just yet. Um, and then finally, as far as the Clemson Notre Dame chapter is concerned, uh, at least the most recent one. We'll see what happens in the ACC championship, ACC tournament, the college football playoff. We'll see if they meet again. That would be cool. Um, and I think you kind of know, I already said this a little bit earlier, Clemson is not guaranteed to get in the college football playoff. Neither is Notre Dame, by the way, but now they've got a much better shot. You know, And I felt that way. About, by the way, I felt that way about both teams. If Clemson... They lost. I felt that they either would not make the playoff or they would get in maybe at the four spot where they currently sit. If Notre Dame lost, I didn't think they would get in at all. Um, Clemson cannot lose another game. 
because they don't, I don't know what exactly their schedule is the rest of the way. I'm not going to look it up, do for time. Uh, we'll talk about it on Monday. But um, Clemson, they can't lose another game because they're going to have Trevor Lawrence from here on out. And they already lost to Notre Dame. So, and they're already in the four spot. So, my guess is if Clemson wins the rest of their games, which I think they will. They'll get in and they'll be in the three or four spot in the, in the college football playoff. If they lose even one more game, they ain't getting in. It's just that simple. There's too many good teams out there. You know how the committee operates. You know how they select and how nitpicky they are. Um, and I don't think Notre Dame can lose another game, by the way, either. Um, maybe. Because they beat Clemson already, you know, if <sighs> that's a tough one. Because Notre Dame, they've still got – I don't know. I, I don't think Notre Dame can lose another game either. I think Notre Dame and Clemson both, they neither one of them can lose another game if they want to get in. So uh, just due, due to how weak that their schedule as a whole really is. So, you know, I think I think the committee would really look hard at that and would not let them in. So um, that's basically all I have. In the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. Um so, real quick, before we get into some college basketball here, as we've got about 20 minutes left to go, uh, that took a little more time up than I thought, but I just, you know, that was obviously Clemson-Notre Dame was a big one. Uh, probably the, well, it was the game of the weekend, because, I mean, prime time on NBC. Uh, but we do need to mention our sponsor, uh, because, you know, they give us love by sponsoring all our shows here on Chris Landry Football, uh, and so we got to give them some love, too, for doing that for us. Uh, our show and all the other shows here on Chris Landry Football is sponsored by American Betting Experts. It's one of the largest licensed uh, sports and casino vendors in the U.S. We have teamed with them to bring you guys some special gaming offers. All our Landry Football followers, subscribers, our podcast listeners. Hello, how are you? Um, and so here's all you do. You're going to go to our website, LandryFootball.com. You're going to go and you're going to click on the ad that's in the upper right side of the page. You pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. Uh, you know, you're going to pick among those, and then you're going to sign up, and you will instantly receive uh, an account deposit or a risk-free bet from ranging from $100 to $1,000. And it's literally that simple. So if you're into fantasy, sports gambling, sports betting, we got this is the deal for you. It's literally that simple. And again, you just go to our website, LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad in the upper right side of the page, and then you're going to get on that action uh, from our special sponsors, American Betting Experts. We really appreciate them, and we appreciate you for getting in on that deal. Um, so, back to the matter at hand here. College basketball. You know, as I've mentioned many times, you know, we've gotten so consumed. And you know what? I've actually got some guests that I'm going to be bringing on here pretty soon now that college basketball is really late. I mean, it's 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 here. It's upon us. Um it's it's weeks, maybe it's weeks away from getting started. Two, maybe. Uh I got some people I'm going to start bringing on cuz I would like to start, you know, obviously up to this point, you know, we we're talking about this is our 10th episode. Up to this point, it's just been me. Um but I do want to start integrating guests into the show, um, you know, people with you know even more expertise in these things than I have. 
uh, and kind of bringing them on and just bringing different perspectives in here. You know, I didn't really want to do any guests for the first little bit, just so I could kind of get the ropes of things and, you know, just figure out everything I needed to figure out. But now I would like to start bringing some guests in. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, so college basketball, they released their first AP top 25 poll of the year. It is a preseason poll since obviously no games have happened yet, but, uh, you know, it's a legit poll. So there are four ACC teams and, you know, we've already kind of, we've really already talked about these teams a few times because ESPN is way too early polls. And so we, we've already discussed it a little bit. And you could kind of see this coming, but this is the legit first poll. So uh, we got to go there. And so there are four ACC teams that are sprinkled in to the top 25. The first one being number four UVA. Uh, they are the preseason favorite uh, as far as the, AC- the ACC polls have released to, you know, as far as, you know, what each team will finish. Or, or is predicted to finish, and you know ACC preseason rankings and awards and all that, and we'll get actually get to that here in a minute too, as we're quickly running out of time. But I wanted to get to this. Um, so yeah, UVA number four on that top twenty-five. They're the ACC preseason favorite to win it all, win the tournament. I assume, uh, or maybe that was regular season, one or the other, if not both. Uh, but UVA is the preseason favorite in the ACC. Um, and just a quick little nugget about UVA. I mean, we, I feel like I've raved a lot already about UVA because specifically about Tony Bennett, by the way, I mean, Tony, you want to talk about, I mean, we always talk about, you know, Roy Williams and coach K they're obviously established names in the ACC as far as just legendary coaches, but you have to have Tony Bennett and Leonard Hamilton of FSU in that conversation as well, because just the consistency that they've produced over the years and decades, even, you know, decades for Leonard or decade and change for Leonard Hamilton. I actually don't know how long he's been uh, at FSU. I don't know if he's been there 20 years quite yet or not. I'm actually going to have to look that up because I'm actually really curious. I don't, I, Tony Bennett, I'm, I'm think he's been there for 10 years at UVA at this point, but I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's close enough to where obviously they're established there. Uh, and, and then just in the ACC and college basketball world period. Um, I mean, Tony Bennett just, they, he coached his rear end off last year. You know, UVA became an incredible defensive team. You know, they lost a lot of their firepower. Uh, and this was actually the little nugget I was going to give you. they, they're still technically the defending champions in, in college basketball because we didn't get a champion last year. Um, and if, or not if, as in doomsday is going to come in 2020, you don't know. Uh, I'm knocking on a lot of wood on that one because I enjoy it here. I'm not ready for doomsday just yet. I mean, come on now. We still got things to do, people to see, games to watch, seasons to to watch and participate in as fans. Um in March, when the tournament's going on, they will have been the champion, UVA, for 700 days. Like, and I don't know what the record is for that. Like, I don't know if there's been a canceled March Madness before. I don't know if there has been since they've been doing it. Uh, 
that actually is kind of an interesting thing you might want to look up. But in March, UVA will have been the defending champion for 700 days. And I got to be honest with you, what would be even more crazy, and they're in a position to do it, what if they went, What if they repeat and win it again? Like, they will have been the national champion for three years, essentially. Um, yeah, that. I mean, they're in a position to do it, by the way, because they've obviously developed what they developed last year with what they had, and now they've got more talent coming in that's really going to raise the bar. And then obviously Tony Bennett doing his thing, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Next on the list in the top 25 is number nine, Duke. Um, Not surprising uh, for them to be next up on that list. Uh, I don't know a ton yet. You because know, I feel like I've been so much in football lately, as have we all, uh, which is really exciting because our football has been really juicy this year and really good. And now all of a sudden, basketball, what what is actually the ACC is known for nationally, uh, what you know, their stake in the ground, if you will, is just boom, it's here. So I mean, it, it's about to get crazy around here. I'll just say that. Um, but yeah, so Coach K is gonna, you know, his innovative. I mean, surprise. I mean, Duke. They, much like Clemson in football right now, only to a larger scale because they've been doing it decade after decade after freaking decade. Carolina fan. Um, because Coach K is so innovative and player centric, which is why he's so damn successful. They, they 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 just they don't go anywhere <laughs> even after Zion even after championships you know most teams have a fall off year uh and lose all their talent have to build it back up over the course of a year duke just doesn't have that issue so um so yeah uh now the only thing that will be different at least up to this point that we know before the games actually start so obviously because of COVID, I assume there will not be, and I'm actually curious to see, and I don't know, I'm not educated on what, and you know, maybe I should be more, um, how, you know, we've seen how football has played out as far as most places are allowing fans, you know, kind of, I don't know how they're doing it, you know, what the protocols are at these games, you know, certain seats have to be, uh, between each fan or if, you know, obviously it's scattered and spread out. So I don't know what the actual protocols are for football games, but football is obviously a bigger scale than basketball, especially, especially at Cameron of all places, you know, it's pretty packed in. Um, I'm going to be curious to see how they actually handle that. I mean, I don't know if they're going to go no fans to start off or or a few, uh, but I do know that Duke's, Listen to this. You want to talk about a crazy stat? So, obviously, due to the way COVID is going to have to be handled, Duke has currently a 472 consecutive game streak of games sold out at Cameron. 472. If I'm not mistaken, that, I'm pretty sure Coach K was 43 back as long as when that streak started. I don't remember what I don't know what year that was, but 
That's like 80s, early 90s territory. That's insane. 472 consecutive sold-out games at Cameron. And if you've ever been to a game there, I mean, you know how incredible it is. Um, I mean, it's just... I, I always say it. I've been to one game there. I covered... I, I covered a Duke-FSU game there. FSU won, thankfully. I think? No. Wait. I don't know if FSU won that one. I think... I think FSU was going to win, and then Duke might have come back and won. I don't remember now. But it's just like – and I was sitting up near the, the roof in the crow's nest where sir, uh, some of the media sits, and it's just like the sound just reverberates off the walls and the roof. And it's just – I mean, even – I mean, just on a free throw made, it's just like the quick little, you know, clap and little cheer – it just reverberates. So it, I always, I, I say, I always say this. I can't imagine what Zion jams were like in that building. Like, it, it, it nuts, absolutely nuts. So, um, that it's a pretty incredible streak that's going to come to an end this year. Uh, next on the list, number sixteen, Carolina, and I'm still, I'm still hearing the chirping. I, I, I'm still, uh, I'm still hearing the chirping, you know, from people that are still wanting to hang on to, you know, what happened last year with Carolina, and you know, they had a loot, you know, they they were not good, they were quite bad. Uh, it was the first time Roy ever had a losing season there. I don't know uh, if that includes his time at Kansas too, but that was that was one of the only seasons that Roy Williams had a losing record, it was the only season he's had a losing record at Carolina, and it was only the second time in his tenure at Carolina that they would not have made the NCAA tournament. Uh, the, other, the other time being right after they won the chip in 09, 2010, they went to the NIT finals, lost. Um, but yeah, those are the only two times that Roy has not made the tournament at Carolina, and yet there were certain people out there saying, "Oh, I think Roy should. Uh, it might be time to let him go. Oh, he, he might. It might be done." And some of those people were Carolina fans, by the way. I, I'm telling you, we learned last year and over the course of this off season, but more specifically last year when all that was going on, we learned who the real Carolina fans were. You know, everybody hopping off and talking trash and saying, I heard it. Us real Carolina fans, we heard it. It's all right. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see you this year back when, uh, you know, we'll see. You know, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again real soon, you know, when things are, oh, all, all, uh, happy go lucky again, you know. Oh. I, I hadn't heard from you in a while. Oh, they're good now. So, sorry, little little Carolina fan uh, spitefulness there for a moment. But yes, Carolina number sixteen in that top twenty-five poll. Uh, Garrison Brooks, by the way, has been named the ACC uh, preseason Player of the Year, um, which is not surprising at all because he was actually favored to. You know, we we talked about it briefly the other day. He was favored to win that and he did uh and i'm excited to see what he does you know because obviously cole anthony um 
Cole Anthony was big, but I I would I would argue that other than Cole Anthony last year for Carolina, Garrison Brooks may have been one of the other key players. Now, I mean, he was just a bucket. I mean, he he scored so many points. I mean, he just was a bucket. I mean, a load of offense. Now, he had certain nights where he didn't show up. You know, he wasn't perfect, but he looks like he's made a lot of improvements. So I'm, that's why I'm really excited to see how he contributes. I mean, Carolina obviously has a lot of freshmen. They've got one of the top recruiting classes in there in the country, uh, which is why I just kind of laughed at all the Carolina fans who jumped off quote unquote Carolina fans who jumped off the bandwagon and obviously fans of other teams, you know, that, you know, wanted to talk all the, you know, what, you know, I just kind of sat back and was like, eh. Because I knew what they had coming in. Like, I already knew this, you know. Much like I sit here right now and I laugh when people, mostly Panther fans, because that's kind of what I'm referring to. I'm kind of going off on my fan little tangent now. But it's like every time the Panthers lose, which is quite a bit. I think they've only got three wins right now. It's like, guys, what did you expect? Like, I... I'm as I'm as big of a Carolina Panther fan as anyway, but I know that this is a rebuilding and a culture and a foundation building season for the Panthers. And the fact that they've been able to do what they've done, by the way, without Christian McCaffrey mostly, is pretty damn impressive. And so, you know, much like the Tar Heels, we'll see you next year when, you know, it's it's gonna get interesting for the Panthers. Mark my words. Uh it's it's gonna get fun. So, but yeah. You know, we'll we'll hear from all the old Tar Heels that we haven't heard from in a while here very soon. So, yeah, Garrison Brooks, preseason ACC Player of the Year. And then, <coughs> excuse me, had a little tickle. The main player I wanted to talk about, or player, team, the main team that I wanted to talk about in this segment that I kind of had the most oomph that I wanted to get off my chest other than Tar Heels naturally FSU, ranked number 21, the last ACC team in this poll, um, which is great, by the way, for FSU. But mark my words, I'm putting this on the record. I will re-air it later in the season whenever this becomes true, because I think it will. I'll clip it, I'll re-air it, and I'll tell you that I told you so. FSU, even though they're ranked in the top 25, 21, they are being very, I mean very, underestimated. I just, one of the reasons, now obviously FSU lost a few players. They lost Trent Forrest and others that were obviously a big part of their success last year, regular season champions, ACC tournament champions, number one seed in the ACC tournament. Um, one of the big reasons other than obviously Leonard, Leonard Hamilton's coaching was their depth. They had really, really good depth and they've got most of that depth coming back and good players coming in from elsewhere to add to that mix. And I'm just telling you right now, I think they're going to be a good shooting team. They're going to be a deep team and they're going to be a very well coached team. And I'm telling you, I'm putting this stake 
in the ground. Mark my words. FSU is being drastically underestimated at number 21. That's all I'm going to say about it. I'll re-air that clip in a handful of months. So, that is all we have time for today as it's now two minutes to eight. We got to get out of here. I'm excited. Oh, by the way, real quick, look out for Louisville too, by the way. Not going to expand on that. Just look out for Louisville basketball, obviously. You know, they obviously they weren't in the top 25, but in many of the way too early polls, they got honorable mentions, which isn't surprising to me at all. I like their coach. Um, and I just I think they're gonna be ranked in the top 25 at some point in the season, probably sooner rather than later. So watch out for Louisville as well. Um so yeah, that's gonna do it for us on a Friday. We appreciate you joining in as always. Uh, we appreciate our sponsor, American Betting Experts. It would mean the world to us if you uh, subscribe to our Twitch channel here. Continue to watch all our shows. We've got you know all the Power Five conferences are represented. You just happen to be in the ACC territory over here. Uh, we've got NFL shows. We've got fantasy football shows. Chris Landry does a great job, and he's really got a great setup here for you here on Twitch. He's got a great setup, by the way, on our website. ChrisLandryFootball.com. We'd love you give us to give us a subscribe there. It would really mean a lot to us. And then obviously get in on that special offer by American betting experts. That's going to do it for us on a Friday. It's eight o'clock, probably dinner time for many of you. Time to play some Warzone or Fortnite for many of you. Or just chill, have a beer or wine. I prefer wine. Actually, I got to finish my coffee. So that's going to do it. Uh, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold, uh, signing off ACC tailgate on Chris Landry football. We hope you'll join us on Monday, 7 o'clock Eastern time, to hopefully discuss some good football, some good basketball. And maybe the Cowboys will do something that pisses me off and makes me want to talk trash about them. We'll see. See you next time.